0: Thanks for joining Impact Boom on this episode.
1: There's this domino effect of giving when you are giving in person. And so that's why I created that. Essentially, as you mentioned earlier, we're encouraging people who do want to donate face-to-face to to document their experience.
0: Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org, Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes.
2: Thanks for listening to episode 317 of Impact Food. My name's Indio Miles and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today we're speaking with Marissa Chef. While it is amazing for brands to give away products on behalf of their customers, in founding Sock Footage, Marissa Chef was hoping to take the same one-for-one giving model one step further. After five plus years in the sock industry, where she learned that socks are one of the most needed, but least donated items at homeless shelters, she knew she wanted to find a way to give back to those less fortunate. For each pair of socks purchased from SockFootage.com, a free donation pair is provided to give back to someone in need. Marissa witnessed firsthand that being physically present in the donation process has the power to change lives. So she created the hashtag PayItFootWard initiative in order to remove some of the stigma associated with homelessness. By sharing user-generated content of each person's donation online, she believes that we can bring awareness to some of the challenges surrounding those living on the streets. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing the problems faced by people experiencing homelessness and how socially-minded businesses can help address these issues, and Marissa's advice for entrepreneurs beginning their journey and how they can garner attention within the sector. Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today. It's fantastic to be speaking with you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, India.
2: So, to start us off, Marissa, could you please share a bit about your background and then what led to your work more specifically in social enterprise?
1: Sure. So, I'm originally from Montreal, Quebec. I now live in Toronto, Ontario. And my background, from a schooling perspective, I studied fashion communications. And my last big stint at the company was for a sockment factor here in Toronto where I learned that socks were one of the most needed and least donated items to homeless shelters. Most people aren't aware of that fact, and the reason for that is that when you think about donating items to a shelter, often people are just cleaning their closets at the end of a season and throwing different clothing items into a bag to bring over to the shelter. Rarely do people think to go and buy something new. And unfortunately, a lot of the shelters, at least in this area, won't accept used socks or underwear. For that reason, there's a bit of a shortage in those two areas. And as you can imagine, if you're homeless, your primary mode of transportation is your feet it'll get you from point A to point B, whether that's your next meal, your next interview. So it's really essential that you have proper foot attire and you can move through socks pretty quickly. And I I don't know about you, Indio, but for me, my sock drawer is full and very fortunate. (laughs) But if you only have one pair of socks, you're moving through them pretty quickly. And with the harsh winters here, especially in Toronto, the weather comes into play and foot care is so important for that specific community, because if they fall onto some sort of infection, it can lead to potentially worse outcomes. And it's just really important to have proper care, especially if you're living rough. My background is in socks, at least my latest background. And so when I learned that there was such a need, I wanted to go off on my own and start this company and have a give back component baked into our model. So it's not like we do this one time a year. It's every day one-for-one. And the difference between us and let's say another brand out there that's doing a similar one-for-one giving is that we've decided that we want to actually provide the consumer with the option to give themselves, because I think that's an important touch point that's been removed from other brands that are following that model. And so understanding that not everyone's always comfortable with face-to-face giving, we give the option for them to either give themselves or we can give on their behalf. And they can choose from a list of our partner
2: charities that we work with. Really fascinating idea. It's great to see that differentiation that you've made there with our businesses and that need that you're addressing. And you've discussed it there that you're the founder of Sock Footage and it's a social enterprise that donates those socks to people experiencing homelessness. So can you share maybe a bit more about more how the organization operates, and then your impact to date.
1: Yeah. So with regards to Sock Footage, initially it launched in 2019. So just before COVID hit. And initially it launched with the website, sockfootage.com. So if you were to purchase socks online, you would go onto our site. You would see a whole slew of different styles available, And actually they're mostly funky socks. So everything from like pizza to football to unicorns. And we offer men's, women's, and kids styles. Essentially, when you check out a cart, you'll be prompted with a pop-up that will ask how you'd like to take care of the donation piece of your purchase. As I mentioned before, can either have your donation socks ship out with your sock order to be able to give face-to-face or to your charity of choice, or we can always facilitate the donation on your behalf. You can choose from a list of the partner charities that we work with, and then we will distribute accordingly. Additionally, something unique to our brand is just after the website had launched, this has been a passion project of mine for a while, but I'm proud to say that we are the first in Canada to have a charitable sock vending machine that we're piloting here in Toronto. It follows the same premise as the site. You purchase a pair of funky socks from the machine. A second pair of basic gray donation socks will drop simultaneously and free of charge from a different spot in the machine. And then you have the option to either donate them on site, in which case they'll go to the partner charity that we've chosen for that specific location, or you can actually take them away with you and give face-to-face. So it is based on the honor system. We wanted to give the consumer the option and empower them to do the right thing. So if they do donate on site, there's actually a plexiglass donation box attached to the side of the machine where they can deposit the socks. And the design of that was very intentional. People can see physically where their donation is going. Even if they choose not to donate the socks face to face themselves, they're still taking it from the bottom of the vending machine, putting it into this plexiglass donation box on the side, in my mind, still involved in the process. Because again, it comes back to that connection or touch point, where you want to be involved in the physical act of donating. And so even if you're not comfortable with the face to face, you still feel like you're involved in
2: that experience. There's a few really fantastic avenues of impact there. And I love that idea of that transparency, really important process. And as you refer to it, a touch point, for that social impact process, which is really interesting. Thank you for sharing that with our audience, Marisa. If you're looking at the entrepreneurship process and you've obviously started this amazing enterprise yourself and you're in those earlier stages or even later on, how do you encourage other people, whether they be funders or mentors or even your early to late customers to engage with your social mission and the vision for your enterprise?
1: I think for me, it's not just about selling socks. Obviously, selling socks gets more socks on the people that need it the most. But I think the education piece has always been a big part of my mission. And -hmm. that's why we created this unique hashtag, which is pay it footward instead of pay it forward. There's this domino effect of giving when you are giving in person. And so that's why I created that. Essentially, as you mentioned earlier, we're encouraging people who do want to donate face to face to document their experience, whether that's a little bit of a video diary, which is why the name Sock Footage was created. How does it feel? Were you intimidated? Have you done this before? I think a lot of people at the end of the day are just intimidated. They don't want to approach someone. They don't know how. And I have a few examples if you'll allow me to share them. Mm -hmm. One primary one is actually my brother who lives in New York. And he has always been very charitable, but he's not been so into the face-to-face charitable giving. The company that he worked for had this mandate where they had to get involved in volunteer activities. And so he reached out to me to see if he could purchase some socks. Normally, when he's purchased socks before, he chooses for me to donate on his behalf. But in this case, he switched his choice and decided for me to ship out the donation socks so that he could give them out. Mm. and then. He got intimidated and said, what do I say? How do I approach someone? And I coached him a little bit. And one, one thing that I always share with any podcast that I do is that, unfortunately, I heard this crazy statistic on the radio that said that homeless people only hear their name on average four times a year. I'm just going to let everyone sit with that for a second because it's a very impactful statement. I think everyone's so busy going about their day, walking, looking at their phones, that they don't even take the time to acknowledge other people. And then one step further is if you are on the streets, nobody is asking you what your name is. So ever since I heard that statistic, I always make a point, even if I'm not going to give someone anything as I'm passing by, I always make a point to either make eye contact and ask them their name or interact if I have a little bit more time. And so I said to my brother, just go up to someone, ask them their name, introduce yourself, and then ask them if they could use a fresh pair of socks. He lives in Manhattan and he went out and he started trying to find people that he could help. And he approached one gentleman and asked him if he could use a fresh pair of socks. And this gentleman took off his shoes and showed my brother that he wasn't wearing any socks. And he said, yes, I sure could with a big smile on his face. That small interaction, which was like for my brother, probably a small, you'd think insignificant part of his day makes such a big impact and and is in fact, not insignificant at all. And it made him feel really good. It made the person on the receiving end feel really good. And it Mm -hmm. made me feel good when he shared the story with me. So I think That's what hashtag pay it forward is all about. Having those moments, those touch points, those human interactions. If we've learned anything from this pandemic, it's that connection is so important. And when it was taken away from us, we realized it. Recreating those connections with people in your community, seeing how you can help. I think a lot of the positives that come have come out of the pandemic is that people want to help and are finding new ways to help. But I think those moments are so important. And there's this domino effect. When my brother shared the story with me, I felt really amazing inside. And then I shared it with you. And then I'm sharing it with (laughs) other people. And it's the gift that keeps on giving, really.
2: Mm, That's a really beautiful story. And it shows, as you said, how important that connection is and and the significance of those small acts. We'd have a massive domino effect. Thank you for sharing that story with us, Bruce. That was beautiful to hear. And if we're looking forward more generally to the issue of homelessness as a community and as a problem that's faced globally in a bunch of different contexts, looking forward to the next five years, what opportunities and challenges do you see emerging for the homeless community, and for organizations that want to address this issue?
1: I think one of the biggest challenges, at least I can speak to here in Toronto, is definitely housing. I think there's housing here has become increasingly expensive, and there's little of it, and there's little spaces popping up. So I think housing is going to be a big concern, and mm. I know there's a lot of push here with policy to try and address that. And we are making some small strides, but I think there's, as with anything else, there's always more that can be done. I think the biggest challenge facing organizations at the moment is really that there's so much noise because of everything moving more online as a result of the pandemic. So it's harder to fight for the different causes because there are so many causes that need attention. And getting in front of the right audiences can be challenging, especially in non-for-profits where they have limited resources limited budget from like a marketing perspective, finding ways to get more exposure. So I think that those two things combined are new struggles that are being faced. Everyone's fighting for the attention of consumers and individuals that are looking to help. And so there's just a lot of noise out there. It's hard to cut through that noise as an organization that's trying to do good.
2: Mm. Really powerful insights there. Really key for anyone looking to address that issue and for the homeless community themselves. It's really great that you were able to identify those issues there. And I hope any entrepreneurs who are listening to the podcast will be able to take those to heart and be able to keep those in mind if they're starting their own initiatives or social enterprises that are trying to address this problem. So thank you for sharing those insights. If we're talking about now the social entrepreneurs out there who are aspiring to create their own social impact in the world around them, what advice would you give to that change maker who are just beginning their own journey?
1: I think entrepreneurship can be extremely lonely. I've learned over time. I think it's important to surround yourself with a really good network of people that you can lean on for support or just to bounce ideas off of. I think even further than that, what I learned over time and didn't know right away, I use this quote pretty often. It's from Glennon Doyle, who's an author that is very meaningful to me. And it's Stop asking directions from people to places that they've never been. When I say that, I think what I mean, or what she meant by it, is often as an entrepreneur, at the beginning, you're launching an idea, you're not sure who to share it with. And when you do overshare it, you can get all this negative feedback or people that are trying to discourage you for various reasons. And I find often those reasons are, That they themselves have a fear of taking that risk of entrepreneurship and so they're trying to discourage you. And it's not malicious it's just their own fear manifesting. And I think. When I first started out, I didn't necessarily have the support of family and friends that I was looking for, which made me second guess my idea and how to execute it. It can just let you spiral. And I think it's important just to surround yourself with like-minded individuals who are working towards similar goals and other entrepreneurs, because I think Having that network is just so important and also can provide you with insights that wouldn't be coming from people who have never gone through the process. I think it's just super important to lean on others who have gone through it or who are going through it because there's so many challenges and struggles that you face and not everyone understands the bigger picture. And if you're not an entrepreneur, you might not have the right advice to share.
2: Mm, Beautiful piece of advice there for any entrepreneur. And you're right, it it can be quite an isolating experience when you're you're so passionate about that social issue and other people might not share that passion or even understand what you're trying to do. It's like leaning on those resources around you and those people around you who've had that experience as well. It's invaluable. So thank you so much for sharing that, Marissa. So we're moving into the end of our interview now. I've just got two quick questions that I want to ask before we finish up. What inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently that are creating their own positive social change?
1: I came across this gentleman who lives in Los Angeles. His name is Jason Schneidman, and his company or salon is called The Men's Groomer. From what I understand, he does a lot of celebrities hair. Mm. But I think what he's done on the side is he himself is a recovering addict and he wanted to find ways to give back through his talent. He does haircuts for the homeless. So he'll go to Skid Row in LA and he'll invite other hairdressers in the area to come and volunteer their time to cut people's hair. He posts quite a bit of videos of these experiences and it's so much more than just a haircut. It really does give people a sense of dignity, a sense of pride. It's a first step to seeing themselves in a different light that maybe gives them the impetus to start changing their life around It's the same premise as what I'm trying to achieve. It's like something so small which seems insignificant to us because we take so much for granted because we're so fortunate. but something like a haircut can really change someone's life, honestly if mm-hmm. it changes, their perspective of themselves and others. And I think he's just does an amazing job of creating this moment between him and this other individual where they've established a trust in him because of his situation. He's fortunate enough to give back. And so I just was really inspired by his company.
2: That's really beautiful. And you're a hundred percent right. That sense of dignity and trust that creates is a priceless kind of contribution. And it creates so much long lasting impact for these people. Thank you so much for sharing that, Marissa. And to finish off, what books or resources would you recommend for our listeners to check out?
1: I myself have always been a huge fan of Brene Brown. I'm not sure if mm. you're familiar with her, but I early on came across the book, The gifts of imperfection. And I think going back to what we were talking about, giving advice to new entrepreneurs, that would be a strong point for me is to read that book, because I think you can second guess so many things about yourself and try and make everything perfect before launching a new idea. But what I've learned from various podcasts and from this book specifically is that nothing's ever going to be perfect right away. So it's almost better just to launch. As we're learning now, many entrepreneurs have to pivot their ideas. Don't wait for everything to be perfect to launch your idea try and get it up and running. The book has given me a sense of confidence in myself. It talks about comparison being the death of joy and and always comparing to other businesses out there. So easy to get wrapped up in social media and what it looks like other people are doing and how successful it looks like other people are. And I just think the book gives you a lot of perspective on that and helps guide you in terms of managing the comparison points that we all have measuring up against others, but also gives you a sense of confidence and belief in yourself, which I think is super important, especially as an entrepreneur.
2: Thank you so much for sharing those recommendations there, Of course. Marissa. and all of those resources, enterprises, initiatives, causes, those will be linked in at the end of the article. So once people have either listened to us, have a chat today, or they've went through and read the transcript on the website, they'll be able to click on through to all of those. So Thank you once again, Marissa. And that brings us actually to the end of our interview today. On behalf of Impact Boom, I just want to thank you so much for making the time to share your generous insights today. It's been absolutely amazing to follow your journey at Sock Footage. And I know that you guys have a huge future ahead of you and the social change that you're creating is just beautiful and the stories that are coming out of that are even more beautiful. So I think that that there's a very bright future ahead for you, Marissa, and we can't wait to follow that journey. So thank thank you you so much much, and all the best.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Impact Boom.
2: You'll find links to the
0: initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org.